the biggest projects that I have that I'm working on right now is to breed our dog. She's a golden doodle and probably around $800 for your vaccinations and everything you need for that. You know, we'll sell the puppies for anywhere from $500 to $1,000 a pop. So we've set aside some of your money. So just staying in your high yield savings account where it's in cash, where you're gonna earn it. That's money for dog breeding. And that's something that if you guys have the opportunity when you have kids with money to help them invest in entrepreneurial endeavors, I think that's a fantastic way to teach the, the principles behind growing money because Kyla is not just saying, oh, I'm gonna go out and get a job at Mimi's Boutique that we were talking about. You go work there when you're 14, I think, so next year. But what are you limited to? Maybe 13 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour? Yeah. You're gonna make a lot more than that with these golden doodles. Yeah, a lot more. Hi, I'm Steve. For nearly 30 years, I've been a pastor and disciple maker, and what I really love doing is helping guys be better followers of Christ and better leaders at home. I'm Mark, a certified financial planner with an MBA and an Ivy League degree who wants to make sure you're making the smartest money decisions possible. And this is Abraham's Wallet. Join us weekly and create a culture in your family of multi-generational prosperity, spiritually, relationally, physically, intellectually, and financially. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Thanks for tuning in to Abraham's Wallet. You can see that we are not split screen Steve and I today. I'm here with my lovely daughter, Kyla. Hello. I talked a lot about how I tried to help my kids learn about investing. What was the first thing we told you when you got your hands on some money as a kid? That we should be careful with what we do with it. And there's three options. Three options. What are they? Spend, save, and give. That's right. And so that's where I always recommend starting. What's something that you spent on that you thought that was a great use of money? Um, I, I went to Amy's, got candy. That's a little boutique down the street. But I don't know if it was a particularly good use of okay. money. Was there anything you bought as a little girl that you thought that pretty soon after buying it, this was a mistake? Yeah. What? The candy, because it went away very quickly. Okay, okay. So, what about giving? Where have you uh, where have you given money at this point in your life? Well, I gave to Voice of the Martyrs. Did you know that Mr. Manuel and I used to read that magazine back when I was 15 years old? So, Voice of the Martyrs is a organization that puts out news about the persecuted church worldwide. It's a cool organization. Google Voice of the Martyrs. Check it out. Yeah. Um, you get it elsewhere. Um, Park Church. Yeah. Uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center, where your mom works. Heifer International that buys uh, animals yeah. for people. So lots of different places we've given. Bucket number three is... Save. Save. And how, how have you been doing with saving? Well, I could be doing better, but... You don't think you've done awesome at saving, but how much have you saved up in total? Around... $1,500. Yeah, which is not nothing for a 13-year-old girl. No. 
today what I wanted to do is give you guys like a real time. We have not had this conversation before a real time look at, um, how we go about thinking about how to invest. So Kyle's done some more work and, uh, the platform that we're using today is a newer platform that I'm actually super excited about. It's called Fidelity Youth. Um, and typically, you know, I'm a financial planner and when people come to me and say, I want to open an account for my kids, sometimes we talk about a Roth IRA. Uh, that's great if you own a business and you can employ your kids. But the key to a Roth is you're only allowed to put money in a Roth if you make money and file a tax return. So um, on that, you have to have earned income in order to fund a Roth. Uh, and it can't be like, hey, I pay my kids $6,000 to clean my office. That's that's no way no, then you'll get in trouble for that. So um, right now, Kyla's about making money uh, at a job. She She's not really doing big today right now, although that's on the horizon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we've accumulated some money just through working on projects here at the home and through gifts. Yeah. That's pretty much where your money's coming. Pretty much it, yeah. You've got plans, though, for next summer. What is yes. the big project? So the biggest project that I have, that I'm working on right now, is to breed our dog. She's a golden doodle. And, you know, we'll sell the puppies anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars a pot and and that'll be where i'll get my biggest bit next biggest source of income yeah and okay you've already done some math on how much it's going to cost yeah to do that and how much is it going to cost to buy all the things you need for the dog breeding things like that because uncle joe's building in a box so that we don't have to worry too yeah. much about what about the other stuff around a thousand dollars, but it, when I had done this math, it was before I realized my uncle was going to build the box. Probably around eight hundred dollars for your vaccinations and everything you need for that. Okay, so we've set aside some of your money to just staying in your high yield savings account, where it's in cash, where you're going to that's money for dog breeding, and that's something that if you guys have the opportunity when you have kids with money to help them invest in entrepreneurial endeavors. I think that's a fantastic way to teach the, the principles behind growing money because Kyla is not just saying, oh, I'm going to go out and get a job at Mimi's Boutique that we were talking about. You go work there when you're 14, I think, so next year. But what are you limited to? Maybe 13 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour? Yeah. You're going to make a lot more than that with these golden doodles. Yeah, a lot more. Okay. Um, and so we left some money over. We're using Ally for Kyla's savings right now. That's earning four and a half percent, I think. Um, but the rest of it we have talked about for this other goal, which is what? Car. Yeah. Car. Yeah. And what's the deal we have on car? Um, what do you mean? Like, how else? How much is it going to cost? You and I were looking at that this morning. And how much of that cost are you on the hook to cover? So I am expected to provide half of the car and they'll provide the other half. So within reason. Within, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. If you if you buy some Bitcoin and it goes to a million dollars and you decide to buy a Bugatti, we're not paying for half of it. Yeah. So this morning we're looking at cars and 
the ones that were more in my price range are probably around four thousand to ten thousand dollars. And you know, they're older cars that sometimes banged up, but they work. Yeah. Reliable transportation in 2023 costs about, I would say, eight to ten thousand dollars, which that's definitely gone up a lot in the past few years. But that's that's where we're at. So that means you need about four thousand dollars. Four to four to five. five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we have a thousand dollars that we've moved from your savings account because we have some time. Yeah. We have three or four years to grow this money. And we, we've taken $1,000 from the savings account and said, this is money we can deploy into a longer term investment. It's going to go up and down. Uh, but over a four year time horizon, we feel really comfortable that you're going to be able to get a good return. Um, I assigned you some homework. I assigned you some Abraham's wallet articles and yeah. some other articles. I'm going to put a link to those in the show notes of this episode. And if you want to start there, great. It's definitely not stuff I would be handing to your seven-year-old. What did you think of what you read? Uh, it was interesting. Some of it was a little hard to follow, but I, oh, I could I could get the overall message pretty easily. And it was about one topic. Uh, asset allocation. Right. So kind of knew we were going to be talking about what to invest in today. And so I said, okay, let's, let's at least get a basic overview of asset allocation. Uh, so we did that, and now we're sitting in front of our computers because we're thinking about how are we going to actually deploy the money that is in this brokerage account. I talked about it for a second. I didn't really finish my thought, but Fidelity Youth, unlike a lot of other options, is an account that can be wholly owned by a 13 to 18-year-old. Uh, so it's not a custodial account that I own. Uh, it's actually Kyla's. And... The, the the cool thing about that is in the past, you really had a few options. I talked about Roth. That wasn't an option in this case. Uh, then there's a custodial account where it's an account that belongs to a miter, but I am the one in charge of treating it. That's not bad. The, the negative there, though, is that it's really most of the time me that, that's running that account and not the miter. Um and then historically, the other option has just been for me to open an account in my name and gift money to a miner when I decide to. Uh, I'm still planning on doing that. There's there's money I'm saving for college. There's money I'm saving for other goals that we have to help our kids kind of get a jump start. But with this money that's specifically Kyla's that she saved, I wanted her to to actually have some investing experience before she gets out into the world where. Maybe there's more money available and there's real streams of income coming in. I want you to have had an account that's all yours. Um, one of the cool things about this account as well is that Fidelity, how much did they give you? For give me 50 bucks for signing up. 50 bucks for signing up and then you made some more money on the app doing little uh, lessons. Yeah, investing lessons and things like that. Was that useful? Yeah, if Give me six bucks. Yeah, and, and then some steps. Six there. bucks. How long did it take? Fifteen minutes. Sorry. It's a good hour. Like I think you could do six bucks. I mean, you know, we're talking twenty-four dollars an hour there. Yeah. It's all this golden doodle money. Um, so I'm gonna put a link to Fidelity Youth, and actually, I believe if you sign up with that link for your kids, 
you can get the same 50 bucks uh, intro offer. So check it out, click the link. Um, that's I, I think it's a pretty cool option. And we have a debit card now yep. that's yours. So it starts to be a tool where kids, I would say, can start to experience the tools that are just commonly used in financial life to them. It would be cool, I think, it would be cool to me if we still could just hand you cash and you could kind of walk around and do that. And you've you've gotten cash allowance before. Yeah, I have. But that's not how you're going to run your, your money as an adult. So if all you ever experience uh, as a child and a young person is cash, you're going to get to a point where you go, well, now I have this credit card and they tell me I can spend $12,000 on it. And yes, whether or not I have it. And so I kind of like with Kim starting to have them experience um, some of the the tools that we use as adults in kind of financial life. The other thing I like about it is there's no fees. So Greenlight is an app a lot of people use that gives kids a debit card and you can do some investing, but it's really expensive. Uh, so I like the the fact that, that Fidelity use, you get a debit card, you get a high yield savings, you get uh, you can even have a checking account, uh, but there's no fees there. And so it's, it's kind of a winner. I like it a lot. Uh, we moved money into Fidelity use. You get to invest in whatever the heck you want. It's a publicly traded security. And it's just a brokerage account. If I was sitting down with you and you're a client with mine, um, I would I would first try to figure out what's your risk tolerance. Did you read anything about risk tolerance? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What'd you learn? Well, and it's basically how much risk you're willing to put into the stock, like high risk, high reward, and then you can have like, or you can have like a set reward with a lower risk. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair way to think about it. So when we talk about risk, really what we're talking about is how comfortable are you with seeing your money go up and down in value? Because we know over long periods of time, you're going to, so like if you were investing this money for your retirement, that's a long way out. Uh, you probably are going to be okay with your money going up and down a whole lot as long as over a long time it averages out to a great return. Yeah. Um, are you investing this money for retirement? Uh, no, wasn't, wasn't going to do that. No. We're investing for a goal that's how far in the future? About three or four years. Three or four years. So your risk tolerance is actually not that high because it's very possible that the stock market could drop by 30% the next year. We never know when that's going to happen. It happens every few years. Most years are up, some years are down, but we don't want you to take a thousand dollars that you have now and end up going, wow, I lost 30% of it just by investing in whatever. So risk tolerance is number one. And for you, I kind of put you in a low medium risk tolerance. Would you, would you agree? Yep. How would you feel if your thousand dollars was worth nine hundred dollars after three months that we had invested it? Well, um, I probably wouldn't be very like excited, but since it's only with like in three months, knowing that there's a period, like a longer period of time that it could go up, would be. I would rather have it be nine hundred dollars three months than for three years. Sure. Um, okay. So risk tolerance is kind of where I start. Uh, in this case, we're dealing with a lower risk tolerance because we have a near-term goal. Now let's talk about kind of the the juicy part, 
what are you going to invest in? When you were little and we, we got you like a stock, we let you guys decide a company and you pick a company like, I want to invest in McDonald's, um, companies that you knew. Are we doing that in the same or are you going to pick a few companies? Well, I mean, I didn't, I don't really know a whole lot about like specific companies, but I, I did read that you shouldn't like pick and choose and you should go with something that has a wide range of companies. Yeah. Did you know that this is in the Bible? The idea that you shouldn't put all your money in one place? No. Ecclesiastes 11 uh, said, cast your bread upon the waters, send it out in groups of seven or eight. So this idea of diversification is actually not just smart and tends to make you more money in the long run. It's, it's described as wisdom in one of the wisdom books of, of the scriptures. So uh, that's my, my recommendation is that we think about diversification. And you've read about all the different asset classes. Give me a few that you remember. Doesn't have to be all of them, but the ones I remember the most probably that uh, is it large cap, large cap, okay, That's... large cap growth, large cap value, and then mid cap and small cap. Okay, and those all have to do with the size of the company yeah. as you're investing. Then, and for example, we could buy a large cap growth stock an individual stock like apple that's a large cap growth stock or we can buy all of the large cap growth stocks by buying an index fund and that's just a device that buys a whole chunk of the market or we could go even bigger than that and we could buy all of the stocks traded in the united states and just use one index fund that covers all the stocks uh, so as you thought about and read kind of the options, even made you read specific portfolios, um, was there anything that you were particularly thinking, well, that sounds like it might be a good fit or that's going to be a terrible fit for what I'm trying to do? Well, the ones that had like a lot of different ones, like it was one that was like 6% that's and 4.2% that's and 25 I'm not very interested in that. Why? Because it feels like, a lot to manage because there's like all these different ones you have to keep up yeah we were hanging out with our friends last night i don't know if you were listening uh and mr sears said that he had somebody trying to explain the stock trading system that they were doing to him and he told them i would have to wake up every morning and spend quiet time with god and then spend some quiet time with my money just to keep on top of that so you're saying some people like that. They're like really excited. So maybe if you were a kid who's like, dad, I just want to try my hand at stock trading. First of all, I would probably let you do it just so that you lost a bunch of money and learned that picking individual stocks is a bad idea. But um, I would also probably think maybe you're going to build a different type of portfolio than if you said, I really want to see this money grow and I don't want to look at it more than how often. I don't know, once a week. Once a week. Okay. Um, okay. So you're not interested in the super complex portfolio. Are you interested in bonds? I mean, probably because they have you know, fixed, they're fixed and they have a interest rate and it's not going to go to be going up and down as much. Yeah. This is kind of a cool time to invest in bonds because interest rates are really high. Have you heard us talking about that? 
a little bit, yeah, let's say, yeah. Like when we went shopping for a car and we walk, we left without a car because interest rates were like 8% yeah. for a car. Well, when interest rates on cars are high, interest rates on bonds tend to also be high. So you can get a lot of return for your money in bonds. So we're going to do some, some bonds. We're going to do some stock. Well, we have domestic, international, emerging markets, other stuff. Tell me what you're thinking about. The one I was looking at was, it was the one third, one third, one third. So it was like the, that one, the one third million. That's okay. So you're looking at the three fund portfolio. Yeah. One third Vanguard total stock market, one third of total international stock market, and one third total bond market. Yeah. So what you get there in a you know, total market fund that is one ETF, an exchange traded fund that covers all of the United States stock market, another one that covers all international, that means emerging and developed, although the emerging is going to be a much smaller part because the value of those companies as a percentage of the total is a lot of smaller. Um, and then one third total bond market, which means it's trying to replicate as if you could buy all the bonds in the world. Yeah. Um, of course you can't, but, um, so I think this is fair. I would say that this is still pretty aggressive. So that means you only have third of your money is in fixed income, which would be way too conservative if you were saving for retirement. We'd want mostly stocks. But in this case, we're saving for three or four years. We might want 40 or 50% of your money in bonds. Yeah. Okay. So what if we talked about mm, that total, total bond market and said, we're going to do 45% in the total, total um, bond market fund. And you're looking now at this other portfolio, but we can buy one fund that's actually the total stock market. Like international. U.S. and international. I like that idea because it's super simple. I don't like it because as much as I'm a big fan of international, I still want you to have a pretty good chunk in the U.S. So I would tend to go like 45% total bond market and then... Maybe like 10% international. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? Sounds good. So sometimes also, because I'm looking at your account, there's $1,056.17 in there. Sometimes I think maybe we take a flyer and we pick a couple companies and buy an individual stock uh, as well, just so you can kind of follow it and... Really, my goal for you there is not that you're going to make a ton of money. It's that you learn, well, what happens when there's an earnings call? Why does it go up or down? Things like that. Yeah. If you were going to pick a company, no judgment, right now, and with with the Fidelity platform, you can actually buy fractional shares, which means you could put $25 in a company, even if their stock price is $2,000 a share. Yeah. So if you were going to pick a company or two, what comes to mind of a 13-year-old in an end right now as like an interesting company to invest in? Um, probably is Nike a public company? They are, although I have to warn you, they kind of hate us. I know, but it's still be cool to own a part of them. Okay. Um, Nike would be fun. Chick-fil-A. 
Is that public? Not public. But Kathy Stanley is unwilling to take that company public. So that's all private right now. Okay, so give me give me some examples. No, I'm not giving you examples. I want to hear what comes to your mind. Um what companies do you think are positioned to grow a lot in the future? Cafe Rio. Not public, private equity on, but that I do recommend if you're ever in Utah and you would like a delicious salad, Cafe Rio. That's my there's, suggestion. There's... Let's look up the S&P 500 companies and see all of the companies in the S&P 500. So here we're looking at a list of the 500 companies that are included in this index that is kind of a one of the biggest indexes that's used kind of to track the overall performance in the stock market. Number one is Apple. Number two, Microsoft. And you can see those two companies are so much bigger, bigger as a percentage than the rest. Yeah. Um, anything that catches your eye as we just spin through this list. Coca-Cola would be fun. Coca-Cola, that's a big one. Here's one that has been getting crushed lately. Um, because every movie they put out in the last year or two has been a total flop. Yeah, of course. So Disney's probably not a winner. Yeah. Not here I'd want to buy a pair of Disney anyways. Anything else that catches your eye? Um, Starbucks. Starbucks. There's one that you recognize for sure. I recognize CVS, but that doesn't sound very interesting. Okay. Where are you, where are you drawing? What where, where crosses your mind? Um... Starbucks would be a lot of fun, and Coca-Cola. Those are my top two. Starbucks and Coca-Cola. You're going to go at all caffeinated. All beverages. Okay. So let's do that. Let's jump into your account and trade it. I'm going to just do it on my computer. Okay. So if we're looking for total bond, there's a Fidelity total bond fund. There's a Vanguard total bond fund. If we click the Fidelity Total Bond ETF, it'll tell us some things about this account. And so you can go over to Fund Profile, and this has an expense ratio of 0.36%, which is actually kind of high. Let's take a look at the Vanguard Total Bond Market Index Fund. And what is the what is the next what's the expense ratio, ratio there? 0.03. 0.3%. So that is much, much less expensive. So this is the fund that I usually recommend as the, the bond portion of our portfolio. So you want it to be low there? Net expense ratio is how much every year they're going to take out of your investment to pay fees. So there's somebody, and probably a lot of people, whose job it is to run this, this fund. Yeah, they have, to they have to get paid. The company Vanguard wants to make money, so... In this case, there's such a massive start and that they're really just taking a tiny bit and say, we're going to be huge and take a tiny slice and that's how we're going to make our money. And there's not a whole lot of decision-making going on in this fund. So they're really just trying to track the overall bond market in the United States. So if we wanted to do this, um, we would click and buy. Mm -hmm. And we're going to base your numbers on $1,000. So we're trying to invest 45% of your money in this fund. How much would we buy? We're shifting dollars. Right. So you can just type that in. We could invest, you know, if we've done 45%, we have 55 less. So 
left. So we could do 30% and 25%. Um, and I think that... Or what was the other thing we were going to do? Total international. Okay. Um, and that gives you a three fund portfolio. It's going to be really easy to manage. Um, but like you see here, let's say that we have an awesome year in international stocks next year. Well, your international stock is going to become way more of your portfolio than you want it to be. So what you'll have to do a couple times a year usually is go in and sell things that are doing well and buy things that are down. Does that surprise you? No, because the things that are down are at a, like serious duration, they're going to go back up at some point. That's it. So we want to keep, that's called rebalancing. And that's something we'll work on together and just make sure that you're comfortable with it. You don't want to rebalance too much because frankly, it's just a pain in the neck. You don't have to, um, but that's that's kind of how we'll, we'll do that. Um, so I think you're, you're set though. I think that you're set to actually start investing and maybe we'll track here with the the audience at home how that three fund portfolio is performing over time okay and we'll see if your coca-cola and starbucks outperforms or underperforms the rest of your portfolio what do you think i'll be gonna underperform that it'd be cool to know that i can own part of well i want you to pick something that you think, that you think is gonna blow up so the only thing I'll caution you about was the two companies you picked. They're kind of, they're kind of just running their show, right? Just there, right? Uh, so maybe we'll think about picking one of those and then picking just a growth stuff, like whatever the airline company was. Uh, see, I mean, could could be, or uh, I'm not telling you to pick this one, but Tesla was one of those not too long ago. A company that just got added to the S&P 500 is Uber. Um, although Uber has had all sorts of struggles recently. So who knows if they're on the way up or if they're on the way down and there's going to be new competitors, things like that. Um, but it's it's kind of fun to think about a growth stock that's uh, really just trying to grow and take market share versus a company like Procter Gamble or Coca-Cola where they're just kind of, we're going to, Produce the thing we produce and make money and pretty reliable over time. What's going to happen when I want to buy a car? Are we going to take all the money out? Yeah, so that's a good question. Let's say you, your money had grown and you're ready to buy a car. Uh, you have to sell those stocks and you have to pay taxes on your gains. Um, so for you, the good news is once you make more than $88,000, Right now, you're in the 0% capital gains bracket. So you would have tax due, most likely, of $0. Um, if Coca-Cola gets, which would be $88,000. Coca-Cola. Hallelujah, we'll happily pay taxes. Um, but yeah, we'll, you would need to sell the, the stock to take the money out. Transfer it back over to your savings account, most likely. Um, unless you can use your, debit, your Fidelity Youth debit card to, to buy a car. Um, and we would take cash out. Uh, that'll be a fun episode. If ever happens a lot of Kyla buys a car. Yeah, that will be. Gotta help your kid now we need to buy a car. So yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's fun. Thank you.